All right, hello everybody and welcome back to the Run Hard Running Team Podcast. This is Jesse, as you know. Uh, just a recap, thanks for tuning in this week. Remember, Run Hard is so much more than a running program. We, ins- we hope to inspire kids to love the sport of running, but also figure out what they want to be as they get older and how to be that person. So we teach them about how to make wise choices, how to uh, make good decisions, how to be good leaders, how to be a good teammate, things like that. We take a holistic approach to help them be the best person they can be. So thanks for tuning in and check it out, runhard.org. So I'm excited about this podcast. You hear me say that each week, but these are two guys that I lived with for approximately 50 days. And you'd be like, okay, what's what's so strange about that? Seems a little odd. So Tony Zanka and David Padgett, lived with me in a pop-up camper as we traveled across the United States on non-motorized bicycles. It sounds crazy, but sure enough, they came back today and we just want to unpack that story, how our trip went. You'll probably hear some funny stories. You may hear, you know, some of these guys say some unchristian-like words because of just remembering the trip, but uh, it's all still uh still raw and fresh in their memory so tony welcome back man thanks jesse it's uh it's truly an honor to be on the podcast and i'm excited to to go through this with you and dave and um yeah like you said this this is still fresh in my memory like yeah. it is memories i'll have for a lifetime no doubt no doubt dave thanks for giving us your time and talking about the trip Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, as Tony said, it's just great to get back together. Jeez, uh, ten years ago, where where has time gone? But just to uh, it, like Tony said, it's just so fresh on our minds, and um, just the bond that we had over those those days. Uh, I mean, it's just you know memories we'll share for a lifetime for sure. No doubt. So as a listener, I hope that you uh, hear stories that may inspire you to take that trip one day. I will say it's not for the the weak at heart or weak in mind, whatever you may say, Uh, but it is, like they said, a trip of a lifetime. So welcome to your trip across the country as you hear from three guys that pedaled across about 3,000 miles. So let's... uh, Let's give everybody uh, the, the background a little bit on how this idea started. Tony, I remember you coming to me with this idea of biking across the country. So how did it start, this idea? Um, yeah, I think, you know, kind of, I guess, just growing up and growing into sports and stuff like that, like you hear of people doing different things and hearing about people riding their bikes across the country and uh, my dad had some friends that did it you know back in the 70s and stuff like that so it kind of just became a a a dream or just a goal of mine uh, to accomplish and um and you and i started talking about it and and then you kind of came up with the idea to get to get run hard or crossover athletics i guess back in that day um, incorporated into it and um and I remember going to to my my boss at the time, Steve Hawley, and you know, working in the bike industry, asking him if he was okay with me taking 
uh, you know, upwards of 50 days off of work. And he said, Tony, if it's, if it's a goal of yours, then, then he wants to support me in it. And he, you know, he offered to give up contacts for, for us to get product and stuff like that to support the trip. So that's kind of how I remember it coming about, Jesse. Yeah, I, I remember uh, when, when you came up with uh just the idea i think we were in small groups one night and you threw the idea out there and uh and like if you if you know me i i'm a i'm a big mountain big picture kind of guy so just the challenge initially of going biking across the country it it, it just inspired me so i think at small group that night i said yeah man let's do it so i mean i was ready to start like the next week but that's just that's just how i am and then like as we began talking about it and this thing really started to come to fruition like hey this thing like really has some legs and could actually happen that's where the guy that really introduced me to cycling uh David Pageant he we got we roped him in and I'm so thankful we did because initially this trip was we're putting all of our material clothing food Everything we needed to survive, we were going to put in these saddlebags on the sides of these road bikes, and we were going to travel up, through, around, by all these mountains. So Dave's like, hold up, guys. Um, I got a better way we can do this, and it'll make it easier on you. So Dave, how do you remember that first thought or that one of those first few conversations about, hey, I might just want to ride across the country yeah i can remember we had just moved to charlotte um i think it had been maybe three months and i was sitting out on the i just started a new job and and i'm sitting out on the shipping dock where we guys would take breaks and and uh and i felt my phone ringing in my back pocket and i picked it up and you know how sometimes you do you end up, you know, what we call butt calling somebody. I, <laughs> I butt called Jesse Harmon and uh it was kinda weird, you know, and, and so that's literally how I got involved in this trip was butt calling Jesse Harmon and he picked up and we hadn't talked in a while and we just you know, he he said, Hey, you know, we're thinking about riding our bicycles across the country. Why don't you join us? So I was like Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and I just got jazzed all, you know, because like Tony said, it's been one of those lifelong goals and just something that always was something that was inspired, inspiring to do and want to do. And, and uh, yeah, that for me, that's how it started. So this thing starts, all three of us, dive into it and i remember the early part of training so i'm i'm a newbie to cycling starting out in in 2009 or i guess when we started training 2010 whatever and you guys had all the experience so that early part of training how did that go i i can't i vaguely remember that like us doing a lot of miles but did we train a lot going into it well, I mean, just um, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, just so everybody listening to this podcast, um, 
I'm like what I don't know, forty years older than you guys, and <laughs> you were fifty when we did it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and and I was about forty pounds. I was about as much age wise and weight heavier than these two guys. So <laughs> it was it was definitely a struggle for me um, just to get into a a form of fitness that was even close to these two guys. So it was a, a struggle. For sure. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, for me back, you know, it was obviously before kids, and I was riding my bike every day. So I felt like I had already had the, the, the clear base fitness to do it. But then just the, the thought of putting in like 100 miles day after day after day. I know Jesse, because Dave, obviously you, you were still up in Charlotte. Um, but you would come down and we would ride around the lake yeah. together uh, a couple times a month. And then Jesse and I would try to do like another 50 miles the next day um, just to get acclimated to it. Um, I remembered like, I mean, there's only a couple times where I have felt absolutely horrible on the bike. And one of them was when we were coming out of Little Mountain or heading to Little Mountain around the lake and I just bonked like I mean y'all were having to drag me we were going like 12 miles an hour and I was thinking in my mind like if I can't do this then I can't make it across the country yeah. <laughs> and um we, we stopped at that gas station there and um I got like a Snickers bar and like a Milky Way and they were like, you ready to go? And I was like, I guess. And it still took me like 20 minutes to shake out of it. And finally, once the sugar kind of got in my bloodstream, I was I was back up for it. But, man, I remember like an hour of, of just suffering on that training ride. Um, if, I, if I remember correctly, you were carrying like all of our water bottles, too. You, that, you are right. I, I did. I did. <laughs> you had like six water bottles on your bike. You were like, you were the pack mule. <laughs> I did, uh, you're the strongest you carry all the stuff yeah. <laughs> um, but that was yeah I remember yes, training for it Jesse I think yeah we just try to ride as much as possible that's all we could do really yeah yeah I mean I, as your bike came the new mode of transportation whenever you could ride we had to ride everywhere I remember yeah. after or during our training, you know, Tony, you bought these maps, and that's how we were able to navigate our route across the U.S. You bought these maps, and they, how many maps, map booklets? So it, I guess it, it was a booklet, but when I say map, it's just not like an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. I mean, these maps were very informative. It told us where campgrounds were well supposed to be and it it had all the information you need to make these bike or make this bike trip across the u.s how many maps do we have in total to make it from one side to the other do you remember it had to have been i want to say 10 sections at least sounds about right yeah yeah Cause uh, I mean, we would we would sit down and we would track the best we knew how or best we could, and figure out how many miles we had to go per day to make it within our time window that we have, and 
I, I believe it was more than 100 miles a day, right? What was that calculation on how many miles per day we had to average? Does anybody remember? Well, so to be honest, Jesse, you said 3,000 miles at the beginning, but in, in total, the route was 3,700. Yeah, I'm not shorting us 700 miles. So, yeah, we earned that. So, yeah, 3,700. Yeah. That was my mistake on the front end. They came out to right at, a, like, right at 100 miles a day. But I, yeah, it was right at 100 miles a day is what we, what we had to ride. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're mapping out this trip. We're looking at the uh, the map, and I mean, Dave, you must have a heart of gold. You put your full faith and trust in us two guys <laughs> here in Lexington, trying to map this thing out. And well, I, I knew we were in trouble after day one when we did 125. So. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was not our fault, Dave. That was a map. You know, there was extra fold in the map that we didn't see. <laughs> um, so we're, we're mapping this trip out, and. So not only do we have to map out our trip using the maps, but then you have to think of like our, our, our nutrition every day, what kind of food that we can take, that we have to pack. Because I remember, uh, uh, Tony, you telling me like there's going to be times where there won't be anything and we're, we're going to have to be fully self-sufficient. And Dave... Tell us kind of the mentality you had whenever you were building this platform in the back of your truck. Because we did not suggest this at all, but you were thinking, okay, we need some more space. So tell us what you built in the back of your truck. Yeah, so we had a, uh, had a at the time, a Toyota Tundra. And so we figured we could stack the bikes in the back. And we had the camper, which was a little pop-up camper. And uh, it was so after a while was named the pop tart so, uh, <laughs> so it, it got named the pop tart really quickly but anyway um we had all this stuff tony had gotten all these sponsors to give us just tons of food i think hammer was um, mm-hmm. just had donated tons of you know um powder for for drinks and recovery drinks and we just had cases of this stuff like where in the world are we going to put it all and so i basically built a platform in the back of the truck and i actually still have two by fours left over from that trip i want you guys to know um (laughs) and um so the bikes sat on top of this platform and then we had all this room up underneath it about the height of the truck bed um, that we could s- store all of that food and stuff. So it, it really worked out good, I think. Yeah, because you guys had to drive. Obviously, y'all drove out and picked me up in Vegas. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all were like a week out. Yeah, yeah. So Dave built this uh, this apparatus, which, you know, guys, I, I don't know if you know this still exists, but if you're listening or, or Tony or Dave, if you want to go back and relive our trip, we have a blog that is still up where we posted videos and pictures. It's called crossoverthecountry.blogspot.com. And we recorded our, some of our training rides. This this uh, setup in the back of the truck, I see pictures of that that, that Dave built. So you can get an idea when... You can uh, when we talk about this setup that we had, so something that Dave built that we needed just to pack all of our gear, some of our training rides. So check it out, crossoverthecountry.blogspot.com. 
So yeah, so now, Dave, I, re- I remember, first day of the trip, September 20th, 2010. So I say first day. The day you picked me up from my house where I left my pregnant wife there alone with the dog. And we started our trip out to the West Coast to pick up Tony in Vegas. Tony's out there gambling. He, th- he thinks the world's about to end. So he's just out there, you know, living it up, thinking, hey, I'm about to go on this cross-country trip. Who knows if I'm coming back? Not really. He's out there working at a bike convention. But um, so y- you pick us up, and we-, we pack this truck. And I remember, Dave, telling you, you know, we had three people in this truck. It was you, your son, Josh, which Josh was our driver, and me. And we felt like, you know, one person could sleep in the back. Another person could be as a co-pilot, keeping the pilot awake because we were planning to drive nonstop to Vegas to meet up with Tony. Right? Do you remember it that way? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nonstop. I remember Josh was the first one in the back. He got taken take nap first. And then I believe you drove first or I drove first. I just remember the conversation being like, hey, you know, I'll be the first one to stay up with you and, and and keep you awake. And I remember, dude, we're like to Augusta, and it's an hour away from my house. And dude, I was out. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't last any longer. I needed my sleep, so I left you hanging, which is kind of foreshadowing, I guess, of the trip to come. But I didn't have what it took. So I will say that trip out to Vegas, Dave put the team on his back. Then I think it took us, what, 20 total hours? And, Dave, you probably drove 19 and a half hours? It, it felt that way, yeah. Yeah. What was your it favorite part way. of the trip, the drive, out to Vegas before we met Tony? Well, you know, I had been out west, well, I should say San Francisco area. I had never been, you know, driven across country that way before you know so it was a new experience for me as well but i i I do remember all the all the gas stations were always love gas stations yeah it's like every gas station we ever stopped at was a love Mm -hmm. so so, yeah and uh but i do remember stopping and correct me if i'm wrong was it arizona we we were we were coming through Arizona and it was like still dark. It was still real early in the morning. I said, guys, we need to just stop and take about a four hour nap so we can witness, you know, be able to see this in daylight because I think it's just going to be really spectacular. And um, and I'm glad we did. Um, But that was, that was a, a neat part definitely just being able to experience driving across the country and you just do not realize how big this country is until you one right across the truck second right across the bicycle so (laughs) i remember that that arizona part that being my favorite part of the drive out uh, so we arrive in Vegas. We meet up with Tony. Tony takes us around to meet some of those sponsors. Tony, talk about those sponsors and how that was having that conversation with them early on, ex- uh, explaining our story to them, our goal, what we want to do. Where uh, I'm sure they were fully supportive. Were they shocked? Were they like, hey, are you sure you guys want to do this? How were those conversations going when you were uh, talking to our sponsors? 
Yeah, I think um, a lot of them, I mean, they're obviously, uh, the majority of them were, were supportive, you know, they, they donated a lot of product and stuff like that to support us, and I just remember a bunch of them just asking questions, especially you mentioned Hammer, um, Dave, earlier, Hammer Nutrition, and they have 15 different formulas for every different you know, temperature and all that other stuff. And I was like, well, I don't know. We're riding across the country. We're going to hit mountains. We're going to hit the, you know, the flatlands. We're going to get rained on. And so they, yeah, they, they just gave us a bunch of Recoverite, um, Perpetuum, which was like a meal replacement. It had like 400 calories in it or something like that. Um, and then I remember the Michelin guys, you know, I wanted, you know, coming from more of like a racing background, I was like, oh, we'll get the racing tires. And they're like, no, 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 you want, you know, you want these endurance tires that have some more puncture resistance. And I mean, they were right. Cause I don't remember us getting maybe more than, yeah, more than a handful between the three of us. Um, and then, you know, Pedro's, they really came on board with, with all the lubes and the cleaners. I remember cleaning some of the stuff in, like, a, a, a bath at a, at a hotel, and I think we left the bath in a pretty bad condition just with all the grease that was in it. <laughs> um, we're not happy with those. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I think overall, like, everybody was really supportive of it because – they thought it was a cool project and, or, you know, they, they knew me from, from being in sales and stuff like that. So it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And to be honest, those guys, I see them, I see them at trade shows and, and they still talk about it. Wow. They still talk about like, yeah, I remember you when you were 26 years old Yeah. and asking me for products to do some backpacking or bike packing trip or something like that. That's cool. Um, I know one thing that sticks out to me is our pre-trip ride when we were out in Vegas for a few days meeting those sponsors during your bike convention and all that and riding in Red Rock Canyon. And um, it was the most beautiful sight that I say most to that day, the most beautiful sight that I've ever ridden a bike in. So if you're ever out west near Vegas or whatever, you have to check out Red Rock Canyon if you're a runner. Go run trails. If you're a cyclist, go out there and cycle through. What Just make it a point to go out there. I do remember that was the day that you guys conspired to just leave me behind. We're out on a training ride, you know, getting ready to go cross country thinking we're just one team together. And here I am. Oh, Dave and Tony just decide, hey, let's just leave Jesse two and a half miles behind where we are in an area that we've never been to before and just see if he can find his way back. That's how I remember it, but I'm not sure if it's the same for you guys. I, I, rem- I remember it being 106 degrees. Yes, that is true. Yeah, with not a cloud in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that as well. Yeah, so we uh, we had a little uh, come-to-Jesus moment when we got back to the hotel room. Uh, but uh, but so, so let's take everybody to how our trip began. Our first day, Tony, we're staying with one of your friends out on the west coast in san francisco so we started in san francisco and we finished in yorktown virginia now some people go east coast to west coast we decided to go west coast to east coast 
Tony, you were kind of the brainchild of this uh, d- this idea. So why did we go West Coast to East Coast? Um, I couldn't tell you exactly why. I think part of it was the the maps kind of led you in that way. Like you you read them essentially west to east. Um, but also knowing like just historically people riding across the country. You know, there's that, the, the bicentennial uh, in 76, I think it was. I knew we were going to be along that route for part of it. And so I think just in my mind, I was like, oh, well, you know, literally tens of thousands of people have done this. Like, this is the way to do it type thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I don't think there was any uh, other really rhyme or reason that. And I guess maybe I was being selfish and I was already... I was already uh, out west, so I didn't have to come back and start and just make you guys drive out there. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was thinking that was the whole reasoning behind it was because you were already out there. Yeah, that's why we went that way. But and also, I think now I do think about it, ending in Yorktown, Virginia, with my family being uh, living in Williamsburg. We kind of had a, a good ending spot. Sure. And so we, we knew we had like a welcoming crowd, you know, for when we got there. Um, as opposed to us being out in, like if we ended in California, we, there's nowhere or, you know, a lot of our loved ones would have been able to fly out there for it. Right. Sure. Right. So here we are. It, it, it's the first day of our trip. We get up. We're excited. I'm excited. Kind of like that nervous excitement because you know you have a trip of a lifetime in front of you and knowing going into that first day that it was um it was going to be a long day because we were biking over 100 miles but it's going to be a fun day because we're biking in an area that we have never trained in before i mean we've been training we've been doing a lot of miles but if you train around your house you see things you always see and and all that kind of stuff so i want everybody if you can to describe your first day as best you can remember. Dave, how about you go first? I remember um, having been in San Francisco on either two or three other occasions, how cold it was. So I was already anticipating um, at least the beginning of the ride was going to be cold. And I think that day was... If it wasn't the hottest day on record in San Francisco, it sure felt like it. That's it right. Was, it was brutally hot, and and I think we were um, several times. I believe if I remember correctly during the ride, we were low on water and and weren't quite sure where Josh was, and he wasn't sure where we were. We got separated. Um, Right, but uh, I just remember it being a one a very long day, but also um, a very taxing day. Yeah, because that first day, we when people here, we didn't know where Josh was, so Josh was driving our support vehicle behind us. But I mean, we're still driving through a city, so there were a lot of turns. It wasn't necessarily a bike path. We're riding on roads, so I mean, he's trying to follow a map that he somewhat knows, recognizes. We're trying to follow a map kind of the same way so yeah yeah you're right that that first day as far as just directionally we were challenged we didn't know if we were going the right way or not tony how about you 
I do remember it being record highs. And as you mentioned, we ran out of water. And, like, luckily we would come up, come upon, like, a gas station or something like that. I do remember, I don't remember the guy's name, but there was a guy on a, on a single speed that he kind of knew part of the route when we were somewhat lost. Yep. And um, kind of, you know, he pulled us for a while. And then I remember stopping in the winter something or some little town for lunch. It was really good. I don't That's know right. why. Was, and then I do remember riding along the American River. Um, after I think when we hit Sacramento up to Folsom. That's right. Um, and there was that bike. That's when we were on a bike path That's until right. really until the uh, until the campground. And then Jesse, I don't know if you want to talk about the disappointment at the campground. Yeah, I'll, uh, th- so <laughs> <laughs> the first day for me is forever etched in my memory because of everything that I went through physically and, and, and mentally for sure. So day one, we were scheduled to go 105 miles, San Francisco, California to Folsom, California and set up in a campground. So I remember the heat, like Dave said, lunch. And I remember mid after early to mid afternoon, man, I just bonked again i don't think i ate enough at lunch or something happened i felt my blood sugar just just drop and i i struggled and on our map and on our calendar it said 105 miles well we get to 105 miles and i just remember dave saying something like you know we got about probably 15 more miles left to go. And I was like, you know, at that point, I was ready to stab somebody because I was like, what in the, how can we still go another 15 miles? And I was struggling. So, I mean, 15 miles at the pace we were going in my condition, I was like, you know, that's another hour. So at my point, you know, I'm, I'm saying my last rights, I'm thinking, well, this is how it's going to end. Here, here we go because we got to the campground, luckily, and I remember the best I could do was lay on top of the picnic table. I was severely dehydrated. And I mean, I didn't know I was at that time, but looking back and after we ate and all that kind of stuff, I started to come to a little bit more. And, uh, and I remember, man, that day was brutal because not just from a physical standpoint, I struggled. And I, I remember thinking if the rest of the trip is going to be like this every day, I'm not going to make it. And that's the first time that, you know, I was like, man, what have I got myself into? So we're one day into the trip and I'm second guessing myself already. And then y'all, I I give y'all the responsibility to, um, you know, erect where we sleep at night. And next thing I know, somebody yells and, oh, oh no. And I'm like, what's oh no? And they're like, the cable broke for the support system that holds up your side of the bed. Or the, <laughs> your side of the, 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 the camper. So I'm like, well, great. I'm, I'm laying on top of a picnic table, and now I don't have anywhere to sleep. Y'all broke my bed. Y'all broke my spirit. So what do I do now? So, um, yeah, that, that, that first day, uh, I, I, think, um, I, I think I lost like 12 to 14 pounds that first day, all of it was fluid, water weight, um, and I mean, it was just brutal. Uh, I remember cooking pancakes and eating pancakes with you guys uh, in the camper while y'all slept on the king size cots, and I slept on the sagging side of the pop up. Um, but uh, but I mean, I, I don't hold a grudge. I mean, it's only been a decade, and I still remember it vividly. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, that first day was, uh, was tough because on our schedule, we biked 120 miles that first day. We were only supposed to bike 105, but I mean, the next day on our schedule, it said that we were supposed to bike another 120 miles. That's 240 miles in two days based on our calendar, our yeah. schedule, what we were planning on doing. So, I mean, mentally that was tough. Yeah, that second day, I, I know, I know we're, we can't obviously go day by day, but I do remember the second day, another record heat. Yeah. And, um, Dave, we were climbing, we were climbing up Carson Pass. I remember it. We were supposed to go from like 200 feet above sea level to like 8,200 feet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, it was hot and I just remember Dave just stopping and just laying in the middle of the road yeah like there was nobody there's nobody coming yeah. <laughs> there was nobody on the road yeah it's uh and then you know that was that was that was a hard day mentally because we we didn't get to our goal right we were like oh well, once we get to the top of Carson Pass it's all downhill which it was but we had to build in we had to take one of our our rest days on the, the second day that's or, right you know built it in in between yeah. the second and third day yeah um so yeah, I'll remember that that going from 200 feet to 8,200 feet in like 106 to 109 degree weather was hot. You mentioned rest days. So over the course of our trip, we had scheduled in what was it? Four rest days, four or five rest five. days, five, five rest days. So we were scheduled to finish our trip in 40 days. So essentially, we bike 35 days and we rest five days and. Um, that first week we had one rest day that now we had to use up in our, uh, second day of our trip. So one of the tough things about the trip that, um, started was Dave. I mean, I I don't know if I call it an injury, but you, you had some physical hardships right off the bat. Share with us, you know, how that hindered you. From the very beginning. So, so, and it probably holds true to any type of sport, running, whatever. When you go to run your marathon, you don't buy a new pair of shoes the day of the marathon. Oh, yeah. And, and you don't buy a new saddle the day before you go on a 40-mile, I mean, a 40-day, 3,000-mile trip. This saddle that I had gotten, it had like some some rough edges on the backside, just the way it was designed, and it it just ate me up on the inside of my thigh, like right at the base of my buttocks, and and it just wore a welt the size of a uh, on a golf ball, and uh, it just blistered and and it was painful. It it's, it felt like riding on a pack of yellow jackets or day after day after day so yeah didn't i remember we tried like different chamois cream and like even like cow utter stuff oh yeah did we ever get moleskin is that what we ended up with i i don't remember i mean it eventually healed um i know we did get another saddle i remember yeah we, we stopped at a bike store and and got another saddle that I think that ultimately fixed the issue. But, um, yeah, that was, 
that was a great way to start out for sure. Let's take uh, let's take everybody through as we're biking, starting out our trip. How often we had to eat and what we had to eat, and I I can't remember you know specific days and meals and all that kind of stuff. I just remember before our trip. Sharon, Dave, your your wife Sharon, looking at the picture of our food that we were going to pack everything with, and she's like, y'all don't have anything but powder. Where's the real food at? And the reality was, like, we had to keep things in our car that wouldn't go bad, didn't have to be refrigerated, things like that. So, I mean, we're talking like canned chicken, noodles, stuff that, uh, soup, cookie something that had a lot of sugar and i i I need to go back and check i might be able to search through our notes of our trip but over the course of our trip i think we ate like 24 pounds of gummy bears i mean it it was just crazy amount of uh food that we ate but as we were climbing and as we were biking all these miles we're just replenishing i remember eating a ton load of animal crackers pretzels um this, the um, I, I tried that stuff that, that, that Tony had a little bit. I don't remember drinking a lot of my calories, but I remember, you know, just having to drink water all the time um, just to stay hydrated, keep that nutrition up, and, uh, and all that. I do remember one specific meal. We were in the campground. that We put canned chicken over boiled noodles, and we had no sauce. It was the, it was chicken that smelled like fish, and noodles that had no flavor. That's what I remember about the nutrition on our trip. How about you guys? Yeah, it, it was sketch at, at best. I mean, I remember, I think Tony and I every store we stopped in, we got beef jerky, so we would eat beef jerky. Um, that was probably our best protein the whole time, just the beef jerky spread on. Sure. But M&Ms and Oreos, and I mean, it was, it was not good. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I remember, yeah, we ate a, just a, honestly, we didn't eat very healthy. Uh, no. I remember there was an insurance drink that you yeah. gotten from, yeah, uh, what was his name? I forget his name. Yeah, yeah, I remember those, and like we would keep some of those in the cooler, and like we would, I, I, I would just chug some, and then we just keep riding. Um, yeah, I, I do remember Jesse. It was like bag after bag of of gummies. Yeah, a lot of beef jerky. I still love beef jerky, but I tell you to this day, guys, I can't, I can't have any of that hammer heat. That stuff that was given to us, I think, you know, I don't want to talk ill of them. It's a great product for some people, but I can't have it ever again. Yeah. 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 There was, there was one of them that I don't think any of us really liked. I don't remember which one it that was. That was a perpetual, it was like a thick, chalky, yeah, really heavy thing. Yeah. But, but the gels were excellent. I mean, I, the, the gels yeah. probably kept me going, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, being able to fill those bottles up and just constantly hitting those gels throughout the day was definitely a, a big saver for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about the terrain a little bit because as we leave um, 
San Francisco, you know, we're going through the Sierra Nevada mountains, which I will say one thing that I regret about the trip is I didn't soak in that part of the trip enough. I was excited about it starting, but the challenge of being in the mountains, I'm just like, man, I'm ready to get over through these things. But I do specifically remember just seeing some of the views and thinking, man, I don't know if I'll ever see something like this again. It was incredible. But as we, we went over our, the, the tallest peak that we went over was, what, like 11,800 feet, I believe. Do y'all remember? I remember the tallest peak. Yeah, it was somewhere up there. But if you, if you remember that peak, if it's the same one I'm thinking about, I don't know if you guys remember, but we had just made the climb. We were sitting there, you know, doing our pictures at the, at the sign that said, 10,000, 11,000 feet, and coming the opposite direction was a guy and a girl, and she was riding in men's, um, like, jockey strap or, or boxer shorts or something. It was the weirdest thing. It was just a guy and a girl. They were coming the opposite direction, and we were like, wow. Because it was freezing. I mean, it was snow on the ground. I think it was Monarch Pass. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Monarch Pass. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Monarch Pass. And I do remember a couple descents. The terrain, well, actually, to go back to the the start of it, like, I think we went through some, like, vineyards, like, and orchards, uh, not, uh, like, uh, or orange groves, or grapefruit groves. You guys remember that? Yeah. I do. Like the first day, yeah. yeah. And then, like, yeah, and then you get to the Sierra Nevadas, and you're kind of just blown away at how beautiful some of it is. Um, but yeah, Monarch Pass, I remember that. There was snow at the top of it. Yeah. But I remember some of the descents, like, we would look on the topography of the maps, and we're like, oh, it's it's all downhill. And it's like... It's really not all downhill. Right. Like, it, it is, but there's still like these pitches in between, or you have like the wind against you, or something like that. Um, I'll never forget some of those, and then I'll never forget Dave being so excited when we got to the front range in Colorado. Yeah. And uh, and we didn't have any more mountains until we hit, I think, Kentucky. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget that. One, one last thing about the topography was um, the Ozarks in was it southern Missouri. That's right. Um, I I remember because um, we were going there through like fall foliage time, and I just remember thinking like, oh, this is like a hidden gem. No kidding. Like I just I just remember how beautiful it was, and like just the rolling hills. And I remember telling myself, I'm going to take my wife back here. For, for her and I to, to have a weekend or whatever and for our 10 year anniversary which was uh, not this past summer but the summer before we went to the Ozarks wow um, that's cool for our, our 10 year anniversary we got to do some kayaking and hiking but it's honestly all because of that trip because I remember coming to Missouri I'm like well, what's in Missouri like there's nothing here right there's it's just Missouri but I remember just being very surprised at how, how pretty that, that area was yep yeah, we um, whenever you you bike through Colorado, you just think that the entire state is mountains. But in reality, is like if the the east side of Colorado, 
begins to get into the Plains part, and it bleeds over into Kansas. And so that surprised me a little bit because I'm just thinking it's not going to get flat till Kansas. And that's not entirely true. I remember, I think it was Pueblo, Colorado. Um, where we, we finally got to Flat Part. And I remember day 19 of our trip on our plan was 159 miles. So here we are, just got done doing our Lance Armstrong thing in the mountains. And then we're like, how in the world are we going to double our mileage in one day? And listener, I when I say this, I'm not exaggerating. Like I grew up in Red Bank, South Carolina. They didn't have much of anything. So when I say that there is nothing in Kansas, there is absolutely nothing in Kansas. Like we would pass these towns. And when I say town, I use that, that, that descriptive loosely. Um, I mean, it, it would be a silo and maybe a gas station, maybe a farmhouse-looking thing, and then I mean, it's thirty-five miles till you see anything. Am I getting that wrong? <laughs> yeah, I do remember in Kansas too. We came upon just out of the blue uh, a, a, a yard with a camel in the back yard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, I, I remember, I think it was it was right before we got to Kansas. Do y'all remember that big prairie dog? Uh, like, big, big prairie dog colony that we passed? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Yes, I do. Because we stopped in, like, I think it was near, like, a rest area, right? And it talks about how, like, the colonies and their, their language, like, you know, like, their, their, their language, basically. Um... And then I remember on that same day, I thought there was a piece of rubber in the road, and it started moving, and it was a big old tarantula. Tarantula, yep, I remember that. I do remember the tarantula. On our blog, it has a picture of the tarantula and uh, and everything. So, um, so yeah, if you want to see more, hear more about that, check out our blog, um, crossoverthecountry.blogspot.com. Yep. Yeah, of all things I, I thought I'd see on a trip, on our trip, the uh, the tarantula was not one of them, for sure. Tony, you mentioned the Ozarks. And or I rem- the camel. Yeah, or the camel. I remember going through the Ozarks and remembering in southern Missouri, like, it's starting to smell like home. I don't know, like, if that was really true or not, or if it was just that day and I was getting a sense that we're getting close to the East Coast. I don't know if it was the pine trees or what it was, but there was specific terrain and even vegetation as you crossed over the entire um, country, like on the West Coast, it was specific. The The Midwest was specific. And then I guess like Missouri is the entry into the, the East Coast. Um, I remember getting that feeling as we went through Missouri and maybe maybe that was why we all have positive uh, memories about Missouri is it was starting to give us a taste of we're getting close to home. So yeah, I, I, I remember one of the first nights we stayed in a hotel. I don't know if you guys, I think we were in Nevada. But Eureka. In the lobby of the hotel. Yep. Eureka, Nevada. map of the U.S. And we looked at that map and we're like, we are here and we got to go here. Yeah. We're like, hold 
Holy cow. We've been biking for three days, and we've gone like an inch yeah, on the map. Yeah, ten days, and yeah. we were like, yeah. I remember, I think Missouri felt more like home, Jesse, because we were getting closer to Chick-fil-A. Hey, you right about that. Dave was wanting his sweet tea from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> it was Dave or Josh. Yeah. But, uh, no, I remember that. And I remember, I remember Kentucky, um, just the, the mountains. Yeah, just the mountains. Like, Colorado had those, you know, super tall and long climbs. But I remember the ones in Kentucky, they were just steep. Yeah. Like, I just remember thinking, like, it was like 15, 18% grade. Yeah, they were harder to me. Yeah, it was, and it, I think by that time, the body, like, we were just worn out. And, yeah. um, yeah. I just re- I remember that. And then, like, they, you know, there were old coal mining roads, so the roads were all broken up. Um, and they were a lot more narrow, uh, than the ones in Colorado. Well, let, let's take everybody through our epic entry into Kentucky first and foremost. So, like on our map that that we studied, there were only two places where we could cross the Ohio River getting into Kentucky, oh, yeah. and we thought, like, you know, unlike unlike here, you know, there's there's multiple ways to get into Georgia or or multiple ways to get into North Carolina. Well. Not in Kentucky, apparently. So we uh, map out this uh, this cross into Kentucky. However, there was this one bridge. And when I say bridge, there is no shoulder on the bridge whatsoever. Big steel bridge. And so we're prepping to cross this bridge. And we notice there's no shoulder. You know, we're, we're trying to be safe about the whole thing. And so... Um, what we do is uh, we're like, we just got to hammer it. We have to get across this bridge as quickly as we can so we can get off of it and continue on our ride because it was a very dangerous bridge. The bridge over water, it was over river, all that kind of stuff. And so Tony, you know, uh, he's like, I'm going to be a great leader and I'm going to go first, you know, and, 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 and leave us all behind. So it was me and Dave, we were, we were behind and it was maybe – maybe 50 yards across this bridge where I hit an, an expansion gap and it blows my back tire out. So, I mean, it literally sounds like a, a cap gun or something going off and my back tire is gone. So Tony is well up ahead. He doesn't know what we're doing or what's going on. And then Dave and I, we pull off to the side. Well, then we notice this is the bridge that all the big like 18 wheeler trucks use to get across into Kentucky. Remember, there's no shoulder whatsoever. So we literally have to put the bikes on the side of the bridge. Dave and I bear hug the steel the steel railing of the bridge as these trucks go by. It was one of the scariest moments of my life dave you remember that trying to cross this bridge and hugging this these steel barriers the whole time i still have nightmares yeah bridge crossing to this day yeah i remember tony circling back so tony what what was going through your mind then were you like what are these guys doing where are they at what's going on (laughs) i think when i first came across my first instinct was like what's taking them so long like they, you know, they 
shouldn't be that far behind. Yeah. And then, like, another minute went by, and I, like, didn't see... I remember, like, looking back, and when I looked back, it was, like, a curve to the left. And y'all weren't... Y'all weren't, still weren't there. So I started circling back, getting worried that y'all wrecked or something. Sure. And I think I started getting up towards the bridge... And I see, I see y'all walking, and I think there's a cop behind y'all escorting you. And that yeah, he stopped. Yeah, he stopped. Yeah, because you, you guys need to get off this bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember when he he came to us, like coming from the opposite direction. He's like, "Y'all need to hurry up and get off this bridge." And I'm like, "Sir, that's exactly what we're trying to do. How about let us hop in your car and give us a ride?" Because I mean, we we were doing the best we can. So here we are. That was our plan that we came up with was. We're just going to have to walk these bikes over to the other side because at that time, like, I couldn't ruin a rim. Like, we didn't have an extra rim to take off a bike to to finish out our ride. We had extra tubing, but we didn't have um, we didn't have the supplies to make that kind of an adjustment. So we had to take care of a bike. That's why we were walking the bike. And so I don't know if the listener, if if y'all have ever tried to walk in spandex and bike shoes. But if you've never tried to walk in bike shoes, it's like walking in reverse high heels. So the heel is actually on the front of the shoe. So that's what we're trying to walk in across this bridge as trucks and cars. And every time a truck came, Dave and I just assumed the position on the side of the bridge, holding onto a steel rail, knowing well and good if the trucks got too close, our only out was to jump in the river. The cop came said that to, yeah. to us and Dave and so finally he turned back around and I remember looking at Dave I'm like Dave he's turning around maybe he's gonna give us an escort so we literally Dave what would you say do you think we walked about half a mile to get off that bridge with him escorting us and stopping traffic behind us at least yeah and it seemed like I don't it seemed like it was about 200 foot up it just looked yeah. like it was forever down yeah yeah i remember Uh, getting uh getting to the other side of that bridge man and just being like we didn't die i'm so thankful that we didn't die on that bridge because i mean it was was, it was dicey that was probably the scariest moment for me the whole trip i have to it just things could have gone bad yeah that that's when we tell everybody we had a police escort into uh into the great state of Kentucky. Now the rest of our trip, um, I mean, y'all touched on it, but I mean, I swear, I I tell people this, that like sophisticated engineers built the roads out in Colorado. We just had some neighbors and local people build the roads out in Kentucky and Virginia because, I mean, they took the shortest route possible. I would have done the same thing. It's like, if I got to get to point A to point B, up and over. Let's go. And, uh, I mean, I really think that, like, it made those hills twice as hard as the hills out in Colorado. Would y'all agree? Yeah. Yeah, they were just straight and steep. Yep. Yep. That's exactly how they are. And, um, yeah, I just remember, yeah, they're just extremely steep. Even at the lightest I've been, I mean, I haven't been 
any lighter than than then since now. And like as light as we were, Jesse, like going up those hills was hard. I remember, I remember even trying to keep the front wheel to stay on the ground was was a challenge. Oh yeah. Like my front, like my front tire would want to lift up off the ground. That's right. Yeah, I think I, I don't remember correctly, and I think the steepest grade we hit was like nineteen percent. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty tough. I mean, at that point, you're yeah. like, can concrete even stay on the road? At this point, yeah. you know, it's 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 uh, at that percentage, it's definitely tough. I remember going by a pasture and going slow enough where you can make eye contact and stare at cows for long enough. And um, I just shared a moment with a cow as we just stared at each other. And I remember thinking, man, that cow looks miserable. And him staring back at me and thinking, man, I know he had to be thinking this. He's like, man, that guy looks miserable. So it was like we just shared in each other's misery for a few minutes as – we tried. I, I tried to climb this hill in, in the mountains, and and it was miserable. Now, um, there was a moment in our trip where we decided to start to map out our own course in our own direction. So, t- yeah. So, take us through, Tony, what you remember about that. frustrated I don't know if y'all remember but it was like we need to get on and go and I just got out of the van or the guy out of the truck it was raining and then we just went and I was mad because we were trying something new and it didn't work yeah and um I remember getting to the top of this mountain and like we're getting like there's like lightning strikes within like a mile it had to have been oh yeah and just barreling down this this mountain in wetness <laughs> I'm like I'm just like where is Josh like where is Josh yeah. waiting for this truck to come up and finally he's there's no place for him to pull over but um but yeah I do remember we started yeah we just started looking for shorter routes or something like that and it, it did not go as planned if I remember yeah, I would say that if you do plan to make a trip like this and you buy maps, there's a reason why they charge you money for these maps because there's a specific direction that you want to go and they send you that direction. When we started to come up with our own direction, mainly because on our routes, we wanted to go west to east. And these routes had us going up north like for 40 miles and down south for 40 miles. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time going south and north when I want to go east. So there's got to be a better way. Yeah, there wasn't a better way. One day, I remember it sent us down a dirt road. So here we are in in street tires going down dirt roads, then pastures, and who knows where. Um, But soon after that, we we came to realize that those maps are there for a reason. So let's get close to our end of our trip now. And as we're starting to prep for the emotions of, hey, we we actually did this thing and and we're going to make it. Take me through your thoughts on that last day as we prep to ride kind of that ceremonious trip 
into Yorktown, Virginia. So, Tony, you're very familiar with that area and that parkway or whatever that, that we rode down. So describe that a little bit and also describe kind of your, your thoughts that last day. Yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, just excited, like, to, to fulfill a dream, right? And, um, you know, looking back, like, you know, we did it, you know, partly, partly for, for a goal for all of us, right? But, but ultimately, we wanted to, to, to raise awareness for, for CrossFit Athletics and what the ministry was there and kind of expanding God's kingdom. And um, I just remember growing, growing in my faith on that trip um, and just kind of reflecting on that. And, yeah, just, just being able to, you know, Yorktown, Virginia is a very special place for me just because I grew up there. So just being able to end it there was, was you know, it was special in my mind. And, you know, to know that we, you know, our, our families were there and, um, yeah, and then just be able to have that, that get together at my parents' house afterwards to kind of celebrate our uh, our accomplishment. Um but yeah, I mean, it's a trip that changed my life forever. Even my wife will still say, like, I came back a different man. Like, sure. Um, I appreciated her a lot more, knowing, you know, we didn't even have kids at that time, but just the, the dealings with two dogs. Um, sure. But I remember coming back feeling very uh, somewhat selfish um, because I left her for, you know, for 47 or 50 days or whatever the total was. And just wanting to serve her and love her better. I mean, it, I think, I think it, it changed me forever. I know that. Dave, how about you? Yeah, I mean, it was just the uh, culmination of all the emotions of, you know, having missed your family and you know missed being with your wife and you know I'm sure Jesse having a, you know, Sarah being pregnant at the time and. Yeah, it was just um, it was a very emotional day. I think for everybody, um, one yeah. to complete the one to complete the goal that we had set out to do. Um, like Tony said, you know, it, you know, we, we will in in this lifetime we will never know the impact that we had. You know, with the blogs that we did every night, um, you know, the devotions that we gave. Um, I think as a as a group we grew closer to christ you know through that trip all did you know and and um and, and that was that was the main reason for the trip anyway i mean was yeah to, uh, and I, I tell you uh, because of that trip i don't believe in in um oh my gosh can you think of the word now coincidences i don't believe in coincidences anymore and and partly of it is is we were in, I think it was Utah, and we were, there was like a scenic view, but we had to go down a dirt road for it, and it was several miles off the main road, and we get out there, and there's a guy with a motorcycle, do y'all remember this, and his battery wouldn't work, and it was getting towards dark time, yep, I remember that, and we, we gave him a jump, and he was able to get on the way, and like, I honestly believe if we hadn't been there, if God had not placed us there, he would have been stuck there all night. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, because of that, I don't believe in coincidences anymore. I believe that God has his, his perfect hand on, on every moment. Yeah. I remember that uh, that last day we, we were going to ride down this parkway and we had invited, or uh, Tony, you had invited some people to ride with us and everything. And so here we are, three guys. We've been riding, you know, for 34 days. This will be our 35th day that, that, that we ride. And I didn't realize, like, how strong of riders we had become just by doing all those long miles, slow miles, um we had not done any speed training, anything like that. But on that last ride, all this got all the guys riding with us. It was me, Tony, and Dave. All of a sudden, we're like, "Okay, let's show these guys what what we have in us." And all of a sudden, like I'm not a flat road cyclist with a lot of speed, but all of a sudden, I just remember us tearing it up and leaving everybody in the dust for one last hurrah, one last moment of glory, if you want to say it like that. But, I mean, that taught me from a training perspective. I'm like, wow, you know, I I don't need to train at a 90% heart rate, 90% effort level to get fast. I don't have to train like that all the time. And so those long, uh, slow, long, easy miles, um, I mean, we just came back so strong on the bike. And that, uh, that surprised me a little bit as we cruised it in to, um, to, to the end there. We, we took pictures. I will say I've never tasted a better tasting steak than what your dad fixed that day. Once we got home, I mean, here we are. Remember, listeners, that we're coming from canned chicken that smelled like fish, noodles, um, animal crackers and gummy bears to now we're eating steak. And so that was legit. I mean, that was, that was, that was was the best thing. I remember my my wife brought boiled peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it it was, uh, it was was great. And, and, And Dave, you mentioned it. Like I remember when we got back and having a teacher at Sarah's school come up to me and she started to get emotional about she's like what am I going to do now in the morning and at night I don't have anything to listen to your videos they inspired me they challenged me and and stuff like that and here I am in the back of my mind I'm like so more people than just my wife watch these things you know it's kind of like I I didn't I didn't know that that we had any type of following and all that stuff um so that that caught me off guard but opened my eyes a little bit to um to the potential impact that 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 we may have had yeah. I know, um, yeah, my, so my dad, you know, he had retired from public school and then he was uh, pulled out of retirement to be a, a teacher at a private school and he showed it every day to his class. Yeah, I remember you telling us that. Every, yeah. every morning they watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I'll do, do it again, guys. You just, just tell me. Hey, Dave, I think I, you turned 60, what, what, in 2020, right? Um, yeah, about a month ago. Yeah, yeah so, so we have, to, Thank you. we have to celebrate somehow. What are we going to yeah. do? 61's almost a metric, uh, almost a metric century. We can go ride 60, 61 miles, about 100 kilometers, right? There we well, go. So, so, 
my my coming up trip is is basically doing what we did in reverse. Except this time, I'm going to be on a uh, a dual sport motorcycle. Me, Paul Harrell, and uh, a buddy of mine. Hey, fair I'm enough. Basically, the re- reverse of that trip on um, Trans America Trail on a dual sport motorcycle. So, good deal. Have you been planning it for real? Yeah, uh, um, this coming summer. Yep. Wow. Wow, oh, dude, we gotta we gotta catch up more, man. Yeah, yep, that is rad. So that um that concludes our trip. We get back. I would say, question for you guys: Would you do it again, Dave? Would you do it again? Yes, I would do it again. Tony. Yeah, hundred percent. What would change about the next trip? One thing that you would change. Dave, I'll let you go first. Um, can it only be one thing, Jesse? So only, can it only be one thing or can it be two things? Only one thing. Your top thing you would change. Top thing. We would not be using a pop-up camper. Oh, <laughs> hey. Amen to that one. You got me raising hands over here, Dave. Yeah. 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 Tony, how about you? I would say now, uh, if I could bring my family. Sure. Like, I tell Mary all the time, and she hears me say it several times a year. I'd do that trip and begin in a heartbeat if, if they could come with me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So all, all the listeners, appreciate you tuning in to our trip, our 2010 trip across America. Again, if you want to check out in more detail our blog, uh, crossoverthecountry.blogspot.com. It has our pre and post ride of every day. It even has our training, some pictures before our trip, our sponsors, and even some stuff post-trip as well. So check it out. Hopefully it inspires you to be more active and maybe, just maybe, taking that trip across the country as well. I will say, if you have the time, if you have the margin, make it happen. It'll be something that I'll remember forever and I will never regret. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Hope to see you soon. See ya.